Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So, folks, we're just a few weeks away from the NFL draft. Two weeks, actually, as you hear our voices. Super, super excited for that. Uh, more mock drafts to look at. The more you're unsure about what the Panthers will do with that number one overall pick. Excited for that pick. Excited for the draft as a whole. Dominic, how are you? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you? I am great, Dominic. Thank you for asking. Whenever we're talking football, I'm always in a good mood. So happy about that. Almost done school, doing my final paper. So I'm looking forward to be done. Let's jump into some NFL talk. Dominic, I'm going to throw it over to you right away. Big news for this week. OBJ signing a one-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. $15 million guaranteed. A maximum up to $18 million this hopefully uh, putting in a good word, or I guess you could say putting in a, a good omen there to try and get Lamar back with the Baltimore Ravens. What are your initial thoughts on this move by Baltimore to finally get that wide receiver one for either Lamar or whoever the heck is going to be quarterback for this Ravens team? Hey, I'm 50-50 on it, William. Last week I yeah. said I didn't want to see Odell, and I didn't think Odell would sign as a Raven, and he did. $15 yeah. million dollars is a lot of money to pay a ride receiver. And I honestly think that eh, Odell's just not good enough in terms of his health, in terms of what he's done in the past few years. Yes, he had that one little moment in the Super Bowl where, yes, you know, he played really well, got injured, and technically, you know, he did what he did. He came in and did his job. And part of the reason the Rams won that Super Bowl was because of his performance. So I'm not going to lie and ignore that aspect. But I am going to also look at his tenor with the Cleveland Browns and he didn't do at all anything with Cleveland. So why would he go in a really weird division, the AFC North and suddenly perform the way the Ravens would like the only way that I actually see him succeed, believe it or not, is if that he's not number one in Baltimore mm -hmm. is that he stays kind of like in the shadows and plays his role and they keep on having Rashad Bateman as being your number one wide receiver. I truly think he is a number one. And I think that with Lamar, the rapport is already developed there. Hopefully, if Lamar does stay, that Odell doesn't come like in that locker room, disrupt it and say, I'm the new guy. Feed me the ball. Because I don't think it's going to work out for the Ravens too well. I honestly think Lamar is not coming back to Baltimore. It's over for Lamar in baltimore unless hey don't yeah. worry it's it's hard to walk away from 45 million dollars uh which is about how much the top quarterback would be paid the next year if you're franchise tagged so right. all that being said is he going to walk away from that that's hard to do you know you could try to pull every single year like kirk cousin did and uh, stay with baltimore on a yearly basis but we all know lamar doesn't want that and I think Lamar knows that he deserves a bit better, which is obviously a long-term contract. So no, I don't think Odell is going to be uh, bringing Lamar to Baltimore. I think the Ravens are going to do something very surprising come the draft. They talked about bringing in two ride receivers in the draft, which is possible. But at the end of the day, it doesn't work in Odell's favor if there's more competition at the ride receiver position. So, no, look for Baltimore to do something very weird at the draft. And I think Lamar Jackson will be involved. He'll probably get traded. And that's how I see it happening uh, before the draft. 
Yeah, a lot of good takes there, Dom. I think that, you know, one of the things that I got to agree with is, you know, maybe for OBJ, it's better that he's not necessarily that wide receiver one in Baltimore. You don't want to come in and have all that pressure on you. And um, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, unfortunately for him, uh, you know, the, the pressure will probably be on him because he, he will ultimately be that wide receiver one. At the end of the day, look, you have Mark Andrews there, a great tight end, but, uh, you know, he... Uh, he's definitely not limited. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. But I just think when you bring in a guy like Odell, you're expecting him to be a wide receiver one. Let's take this from just a Baltimore Ravens point of view and excluding Lamar just for this situation and about trying to get him back. I got to say, I love this move for the Ravens. I really do. I know 15 to $18 million a year for OBJ is a lot. Is he worth it? You know, maybe, maybe not. But this team has been lacking a true wide receiver for a long, long time. Like, you're just trying to remember the last time these guys had a wide receiver that they could rely on, whether it was third down or make a big punch play. They've had a lot of great plug-in receivers. where a lot of good, like, wide receiver twos over the course of the, the last few seasons, but really not that guy. And, like, maybe see, since Steve Smith or Anquan Bolden, the, these guys haven't seen that wide receiver. And for years and years and years, Baltimore Ravens fans were pleading uh, to the Ravens to get a wide receiver. And finally, they did it here. And look... Ultimately, I'm a big fan of getting stuff done no matter the cost. And I know that sounds a little weird at times because you want to get your, you know, your best value. And in the draft, you don't want to be necessarily trading up to be quote unquote reaching for a guy uh, because you want to have the best value pick. And a lot of people like you know say that and and value um, you know that point of view. But for me, if you're getting a player that you want, and as long as it's not an egregious amount, that like we've seen wide receivers. In this day and age, get a lot of money, and you know, with the with the money these top wide receivers are getting, yeah, fifteen to eighteen is a, is a lot for Odell, but I don't think it's you know completely out there. I don't think it's completely ridiculous, and I just think that for the Baltimore Ravens franchise, this is really what they needed. And is OBJ going to be what he used to be? Who knows? He's coming off an injury, but. One thing's for sure is that he was going to have a heck of a Super Bowl, and he did have a heck of a Super Bowl when he got injured um, in with the uh, the, ch- the championship, the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals. He was potentially going to be MVP in that game. He had two catches. He had a touchdown. He was rolling in that first half, and then he ended up unfortunately getting injured. But uh, his moxie and his swag for that game was, you know, was was great. And I think that's what this Baltimore Ravens team needs. And look, if you're talking about trying to get Lamar back. I think this only helps. I can't see it hurting. You know, you get a, um, another weapon for him. Uh, it's, you know, safe to say that Baltimore was lacking weapons at the wide receiver position slash um, offense position in general. And for me, this only helps Lamar. And look, at the end of the day, you got to hope for Baltimore that they get a deal done with Lamar. And this ends up helping them because I think that's why they ended up pulling the trigger here for OBJ. That was the ultimate goal. But I think for Baltimore, just as a franchise, and, you know, even if we try and exclude Lamar Jackson, I think this is great. And I really do think this is what they needed. So hopefully they're able to to get the deal done with Lamar and it puts more incentive for him to come back. But I just think Baltimore needed to get a, a wide receiver. They need to get something done. Similar to Green Bay needing to get a wide receiver two for Aaron Rodgers. They didn't do it. Everyone knows they needed to do it. Baltimore here needed to get that, that finally that one weapon for, for Lamar or where was quarterback there. And they did it so I gotta say, I really like the move, Dominic. I get where you're coming from, but for me, initial thoughts are: I'm I'm proud of Baltimore, and I think they did what they had to do. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I think that Odell, as I said, is a decent wide receiver. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl, but does he fit the scheme that Baltimore is going to put in, which is a running game? And how 
will Odell react to that running game mentality? Is he going to be a team player? Those are all the red flags that I think that Baltimore is going to have to deal with. However, does he fit the Baltimore personality? Absolutely. Odell will fit that personality, that culture very well. And if he just plays his role, doesn't disrupt the locker room so much, I think if Lamar does stay, it could be very beneficial for the Ravens. And that's a big could. I'm going to throw you a question. If Lamar doesn't stay in Baltimore, I'm going to say a team, and you have to really tell me honestly if it's a good fit because I looked at this team, I looked at the, the division, and I said, why is he not going there? And that team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I really think that this team is absolutely loaded and would fit Lamar like a glove. Like you have super experienced ride receivers in Tampa Bay in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Both those guys would provide a lot of confidence for Lamar right out of the gate. And at the end of the day, Tampa Bay is a really strong defensive team. So they could stay in good, you know, closer games in a division that is wide open. Would Lamar be willing to play on a three-year contract only for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, that's a great question, Dom. Why not? Right. If you're Lamar, why not? Like you said, you have an established team here. And it's something I talked about with Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago. I said, why isn't anybody talking about A-Rod potentially going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? A lot of the response was he doesn't want to follow in Brady's footsteps. And okay, I get that. But if we just take that away for a second, this is a team that won the Super Bowl a few years ago. It's a team that always was always competitive for a Super Bowl run, except for this past year where they ended up struggling. But you're right, Dom. They still have the wide receivers in place to make a run. They still have a heck of a good defense, like you said. I know you really do like that defense because it is one of a one of the best defenses in the NFL. This division is wide open. If you're Lamar, you know what? I guess if for Lamar's point of view, I, I I would say for sure. It's more for me. I would be concerned from Tampa's point of view. I wonder how the system would have to necessarily cater to Lamar. He'd have to become more of a pocket passer, right? Like, that's what I believe. And is he that just yet? I don't think he is. For me, it's more a beneficial to Lamar rather than Tampa Bay. Look, if you're Tampa Bay at the end of the day, I think Lamar gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl this year than anybody that they're going to have on their roster now, than Kyle Trask, whoever the quarterback. So, yeah, it would be, be beneficial for the Tampa Bay Bucks as well to get a guy like Lamar, right? Lamar... You know, I'm not, I don't think he's a top five quarterback, but I do still think that he has, um, you know, reason to, to, to be sought after from other NFL teams. And he did win an MVP. So for sure, from Lamar's point of view, I think this would be great for him. Now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right now, for the chance to win a Super Bowl this upcoming year, it may be their best chance, right, to get in a guy like him, to get an experienced QB. I just wonder if their goal is to, you know, to kind of, get Kyle Trask in, get him reps, kind of, you know, prep him for what could potentially be a long career in Tampa Bay. But that's a good point, Dom. A lot of people have not mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a spot for Lamar or as any quarterback in general really looking for a job. And we've seen crazier things happen. I think this could be mutual, ben- mutually beneficial for both parties here, but especially for Lamar. If I'm Lamar and I'm getting offered by Tampa Bay, I'm taking it in a heartbeat. I would imagine so, William. I honestly think that if you're Lamar Jackson, you're saying to yourself, okay, 
nobody wants to pay me right now. Fine. I'm probably going to have to play out maybe on a one-year contract. But what if I surround myself with better players at the wide receiver position? Well, better players. Quote, unquote, do you think Mike Evans is a better wide receiver than Bateman? I would say probably. Do you think Chris Godwin is probably better than Odell? I would say probably. And it's just a question is, do you want to have a new, you know, opportunity? And I think this is what he's going to be struggling with. I think deep down, Lamar always wanted to stay a Raven. And he thought that he was going to be there for life. He had a mission since the draft. He's like, I'm going to be winning some Super Bowls. But he had a chip on his shoulder because he was drafted very late in that draft. And he proved a lot of people wrong winning MVP. If I'm Lamar, I feel disrespected. I'm getting out of town. I'm going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I'm using a team potentially like Tampa Bay, who are already set at the wide receiver position. So you got to make a move, Lamar. And time's ticking. And the longer you wait, I think it's the harder it is going to be for him to get the value that he wants. I still think this happens at the draft. But yeah. after the draft, if I don't see within a week that nothing has been done with Lamar, every day after the draft will be a ticking time bomb in terms of his value. And at the end of the day, he'll probably have to play with Baltimore the longer he wins. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back with Baltimore. I really wouldn't just because... If there's not going to be a team that he gets traded to, that works with an agreement, that finds out, you know, the the amount he wants per year. We've seen a lot of teams, as soon as Lamar was available, said they were out, right? And it's super, super rare you see that in today's NFL. You should have a lot of teams say, like, okay, I'm in. Let's try and work something out. So there's just something here about Lamar that doesn't attract, um, that's not attracting, uh, you know, NFL organizations towards they're scared man the NFL That's the is thing. Just, they're all scared they don't want to pull the trigger on a great athlete like lamar lamar is maybe not the best quarterback at the position but he offers other skill sets and i'm shocked that nobody in the nfl when you just saw hurts make it to the super bowl that yeah. they're not willing to invest at least three years but again we don't know the the ins and outs of the contract of what Lamar exactly wants. That's the, the nuances that we don't have. But man, someone's got to pull the trigger on Lamar. I will well, expect it. Yeah. And I guarantee you that someone will. I got that deep down feeling that somebody will. And it's going to happen at the draft. Honestly, that, that's a very, very good prediction there. I think t- this year's draft is going to be like a, a bananas, first of all. I think there's a lot riding on this draft. You look at Lamar, you look at Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of potential trades being done here. I spoke to a lot of Jets fans, and they believe that the reason this deal hasn't been done is because they're waiting for the draft. And, okay, look, if everything happens at the draft for, for the Jets and for Lamar, uh, the Jets A-Rod and Lamar Jackson and wherever he decides to go, that would be great. But there's a lot of pressure this year in the draft in general for teams to get stuff done, to get their potential franchise quarterbacks here. Because look, there's been a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of, you know, sitting, waiting, sitting, waiting. And for sure, a lot of times it happens in the draft and that's where stuff uh, you know, the, the magic happens in the NFL. But if there's if the NFL is going to be uh, this year in the draft, it's going to be, you know, kind of a, a stale there in terms of trades and seeing Lamar and different guys go. Then I really wonder where this leaves, uh, you know, guys questioning at the quarterback position like Lamar and like Arod. So I think it'll be a very exciting draft for the players being drafted and for the potential trades that we see. We got two weeks away through the NFL draft, folks. I'm excited. Dom's excited. Hope you guys are excited, too. What will the Carolina Panthers do with that number one overall pick? Who knows? I don't even know if Carolina knows at this point. One thing's for certain, though, folks, is that this draft promises to be a good one because, like I said before, 
The players coming out of this draft are great. They're, you know, they're NFL ready. They have a ton of potential. And I think that we're going to see a ton of blockbuster deals here done in the NFL in terms of trades. Dom, I'll ask you, what happens if Lamar doesn't get dealt on draft day? What happens if Erod doesn't get drafted on Delta? Because I think that right now we're all assuming this is going to happen. And I think that, you know, if it does, that's great. I think, you know, it's, it's, beneficial to everybody involved it just makes sense wait to the nfl draft trade picks see where you know who's going where and and you know what uh what is going to benefit your team the most so i think that that does make sense to wait till draft day if you get a deal done now is it a little bit risky to wait this long you know potentially another team swoops in and tries to you know talk with one of the players that could potentially be traded what are your thoughts on if a deal doesn't get done uh around draft if we talk about lamar we talk about rogers but just in general for a lot of these big names we think will be on the move i don't know because i'm hoping these deals get done on april 27th but if they don't i think it leaves a little bit of a scary situation for everybody involved it kind of does i mean we all know that Lamar kind of got blackballed by the NFL this year only because of an error in contract by the Cleveland Browns with a Deshaun Watson guaranteed contract. Now, early on, we all thought that Lamar was asking for a fully guaranteed contract. And he came out and said, oh, I kind of want kind of a hybrid contract in terms of guarantees here and there and signing bonuses, but not a fully guaranteed contract. So the expectations came down, so that should have opened the door already for a team to have stepped in and uh, or even Baltimore to have stepped in. And they just haven't. And I think that it's a question of just business and people playing hardball and trying to get the last drop out of the dollar uh, for both franchises, whether it be via draft picks for the Green Bay Packers. They just want to get the maximum draft pick capital. And for Baltimore, it's just squeezing out. Well, they did actually offer a, you know, a franchise tag. So they're willing to pay the max for next year. But however, if he wants to get a contract long term, they just don't want to budge. And they'll probably think Baltimore that uh, Cleveland made a huge mistake in that contract. And who knows yeah. how, what the repercussions for the Browns are going to be. If uh, that's a whole other topic, we'll, we can go there next. But no, to answer your question, the longer this, uh, this drags, I don't think it makes Lamar really at a disadvantage because he can just step into a $45 million contract, produce, and off he goes. And he'll have a good contract hopefully next year. And for Aaron Rodgers, he kind of will be annoyed. But at the end of the day, he probably will get traded. And whether it's for a second or a first, the Jets have already committed themselves. The owner committed himself by going to see Aaron Rodgers. So I don't see Aaron Rodgers not in a Jets uniform next year. That's just a matter of time. Uh, but what about those Cleveland Browns? Let's switch gears here. Sure. Do you think it was a right decision to give Deshaun Watson, first of all, that huge contract? And what are your expectations for Deshaun Watson? Because I'm a huge fan of the AFC North, obviously, with Pittsburgh. And I've been following yeah. Cleveland all my life. Man, was this the biggest blunder ever by any NFL franchises for the quarterback position? And has this set back Cleveland five years, maybe even 10 years with that Deshaun Watson contract. Because what I saw last year, I saw below average quarterback. And if I see that guy again this year, man, I'm going to be crying for those Cleveland Browns fans. Well, I think below average is putting it lightly, Dom. He was poor. And I think that, you know, okay, below average, maybe because it's due to his expectation and what we saw with, with Deshaun out of Houston there that we expected a lot more. So he's coming in with that added pressure. Okay. But 
if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I, I just, I'm questioning, I'm scratching my head and you know, it's tough for the Browns, Dominic. It really is. When you think about it, a few years back, you felt this team was moving on. They're heading in a new direction, right? Okay, we got Baker Mayfield. He's great. We got Nick Chubb, now Kareem Hunt. We got the best running back tandem in the NFL. What do we do? We go out there. We get OBJ. We're going to get a guy like Austin Hooper. David Njoku is doing really well. This is, you know, get go out and get Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins. This is a great Cleveland team with a ton of potential. Now, they've done better than they have in the past, right? They had that, you know, I don't want to say playoff run, but, you know, those victories in the playoffs there did the Cleveland Browns have, and they've been more competitive than in years past. So they have they got over the hump? I don't think so, but, you know, they've definitely been heading in a better direction than they have in years past. Now, it's like, where are they? They had Deshaun Watson with this massive contract who didn't play well last year. You don't have OBJ. Who do you have as a wide receiver one there? You know, Landry's gone. Okay, you have Nick Chubb, who's a great running back as well. Um, and Kareem Hunt is, you know, not really part of the team anymore. So it's like, what do you decide to do there? You get in a guy like Amari Cooper, who I really like, and, you know, I've always thought he was a great player for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, he's great. Maybe a little bit past his prime, but I do like him. But I'm not sure this team has all that much of an identity right now due to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and this division is, you know, potentially getting better now with, you know, Pittsburgh hopefully finding the young quarterback in Kenny Pickett. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to be competitive and they'll be Super Bowl contenders until they lose um, Joe Burrow, which is, you know, probably never end until he retires, obviously, there. So Cincinnati is set. Now, Baltimore, you know, obviously a lot of question marks there. Will Lamar be back? Yada, yada, yada. This Cleveland Bounce team, I think what they're you know missing is an identity. And I think that it, just to go back and answer your question, I think it's a huge mistake that Deshaun Watson deal. A, because the money, it was a ridiculous amount of money for a guy that hadn't played football, for a guy that had a ton of legal obligations still to go through. He had a lot of hoops to jump through. And, you know, hopefully this is done. We don't know what could happen, you know, with this legal things. You just never know with stuff like this. But if we're talking about just him and on the football field, he did not look, live up to the hype. He looked at the guy that hadn't played football. He did not seem to be command of this offense. He did not seem to, you know, know the system here. And it just, he seemed to be thrown out there and say, okay, Deshaun, look, go out there, make a play. We want to see the Deshaun Watson that was in Houston and great for all those years. And why haven't we seen that? You know, question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, you know, maybe it was to be expected. This guy hadn't played football in a while. You give him a, you know, regardless of the, the amount of money you gave him, he, you know, I hadn't seen a football field, right? And, you know, I think they were expecting miracles out of him. So I think that getting Deshaun Watson here was not necessarily a terrible thing. I just think that, you know, the amount of money they gave him was a lot. The expectations was were a little bit too high as well. And to be honest, I don't know if we're going to see a better Deshaun Watson this year. We, with everything going on, you got to question his mental state. And, you know, with, with the NFL defenses getting better, I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation right now in Cleveland. And, I don't want to say I feel bad for them because they did it to themselves, but right at a time where you thought the Cleveland Browns were jumping over the hump, like I said, getting in a, a swag guy like Baker Mayfield, bringing in OBJ, and we're like, okay, this is the new and refined Cleveland Browns team. And right now they're back here, and it's like, what are they going to do? You know, a lot is riding on Deshaun Watson. He's probably under the most pressure of any player coming into this year just because the, the amount of money he got is off the field issues. So if you're Cleveland... I think you're in a, I don't want to say a dark spot, but you're kind of in a gray area where you're kind of scratching your head and you're puzzled. And if I'm a Browns fan, I'm, I don't know. I think there's more questions than there are answers at this point, Dominic, to be honest.
it's extremely scary for the Cleveland Browns because if next year they don't do something, I would say pretty significant, if they don't make the playoffs, let's put it that way. Yeah. I think Deshaun Watson is going to start to regress because he needs to have this confidence kind of like given back to him. I want to see this guy who was able to find Will Fuller almost on every single play when he used to play with Houston. That was a really good Deshaun Watson at one point. It seems like if I'm Cleveland, I'm going to tell Deshaun, buddy, we're going to draft the right receiver in the first round. Make sure you pick exactly who you want. Because as much as Amari Cooper might be good, he's getting older. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's kind of a funny right receiver. I like him. I like him. Yeah, he's not bad, but I want to see more consistency. Yeah. It's like sometimes he shows up, and then sometimes he's not. Again, there needs to be a guy that's consistently going to be wide open. Luckily for Deshaun Watson, if there's one position that there's going to be plenty of is ride receivers that are kind of like the play action ride receivers, which, you know, you throw a bomb every quarter and he'll probably maybe catch one of them to the house. And that guy to me right now is Hyatt. I think that Hyatt reminds me a lot of Fuller. These guys could just get behind DBs. I don't know how they do it. Obviously speed clearly, but it's like they have another way to just juke past the DBs and just find a way to get wide open. Deshaun needs a guy with speed, a la Tyreek Hill, if not even better than Tyreek Hill. Good luck finding that. But this is guy, <laughs> Hyatt, that I just absolutely love. And Deshaun Watson, buddy, you better pick that right receiver because if you don't get it right, I think you're going to become the worst signing ever. And that's a lot of a lot to say. There's been a lot of bad signings. This would be the worst signing ever in the NFL that I've seen since I've been watching it. You know, I don't, I don't sure how much of a stretch that is, like, done for real. Like, it does sound, okay, like, wow, okay, that's ridiculous. But uh, he's a quarterback. He got paid a ton of money. They really invested in him. So, which, you know, it may not be that far-fetched. I mean, let's look at this Browns roster now, Dom. It's a good point. You talk about missing guys and speed. Okay, they have Marquise Goodwin. Okay, they have Jakeem Grant, the former Dolphin that I like. They did trade for a larger more. Um, this past offseason, a young star there, see what they have in him. So it's a lot of here, these guys for the Cleveland Browns that mm, like not necessarily proven wide receivers, obviously, because they're not, but like kind of plug in guys. But, you know, to add on to what you said, it's kind of they need the guy. And it also puts a lot of pressure on a guy like um, that you talked about. Amari Cooper there because he's coming in with a lot of experience. Obviously, he's a great wide receiver. I did always like him, and I think that the Dallas Cowboys uh, made a mistake in letting him go. So that's going to be definitely something to monitor is his relationship with Deshaun. Um, that's going to be huge. But when you talk about this this Browns team, I'm really I'm with you here that it's going to be about finding him a comfortable you know wide receiver slash security blanket and David Njoku like what's up with him he's been demanding a trade for years he's seems like he's been out the door then back in the door then he's made crazy catches for this team and saved their season a lot of question marks here surrounding Njoku too so I think with this you know this Cleveland Brown team you look at their roster and it has potential Donovan Peoples-Jones I'm glad you brought him up but I think you hit it at a home run there by saying inconsistently their games where he has you know he makes these Great catches where he shows he can be a wide receiver one in the NFL. And then their games were like, he's invisible, right? And you don't even notice he's on the football field. So for Cleveland, it's going to be about supporting yourself with, you know, 
what they have in Deshaun Watson. And it's going to be tough to try and make this work, Dom. You know, they have a lot of pieces here that they can, you know, try and put together. But right now, this team, I'm not exactly sure what direction they're heading in just because I think they just lack an identity right now. And look, they love to run the football. Let's not forget about that. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in football, potentially the best. And He's been a fun player to watch over the course of the last few seasons coming out of Georgia. He's a short guy, massive legs, and, you know, he's just fun to watch. He's a fun runner, and he's going to knock you over if he has to. And uh, just a, a real treat to watch in the NFL when we see kind of running backs and their value diminish. He's been a guy that, you know, has carried this team very often to, uh, you know, late in games and, you know, put the put games out of reach for his team. And, it may, it may just be that dumb. It may just be running the football a heck of a lot. And then, you know, similar to what you said, doing some play action. But ultimately, it will be up to Deshaun to, to put the team on his back as well. Because I, I believe a running back and, and Nick Chubb, it's only so far that you can go and so far he can take you. So I think that, you know, this team has got to find the identity. And hopefully out of these wide receivers, one of them besides Amari Cooper is able kind of to blossom and, and to be that solid wide receiver too for this Browns roster. Yeah, it's going to be tough for the Browns. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be really tough. Everything you just said there about the wide receiver position, I'm really questioning for the simple fact that I think Cooper's probably past his prime. Elijah Moore never was able to do anything in the Jets. So I'm saying both guys are basically obsolete. Marquise Goodwin, I mean, yeah, he was a track star, but I mean, like, sure, you're going to run in the straight line, but you can get that player guaranteed in the draft. So I don't even know what he's doing there. David Bell's a project player. I loved him last year. He's the only guy that I would keep. So, in other words, which brings me to this other question. <laughs> Who's going to finish dead last in the NFL? And I honestly think Cleveland is a marked team to finish dead last wow. in the NFL. Keep an eye on that. I mean, if I'm to ask you, William, who do you think is going to be dead last in the NFL next year? Cleveland is definitely in my top five. Would you put them there? Oh, my gosh. No. I, I like where you're going with this. I'm going to say no. I just think there's a lot of poor teams with – Who? With very poor okay, – like yeah, I, I think, like, for example, a lot of the AFCs – I can see Houston being back in this similar situation, top five, just because, you know, no matter who they get at the quarterback position, it, it may be tough. You know, they're, they're missing weapons. Carolina, okay – potentially 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 not i can see them not being a bottom five team a team like tennessee dom i know you like tennessee i find this team way way too many question marks than answers for this squad i i just think like you know there's teams that have been fairly decent in the nfl that we really may see drop and yeah cleveland could be one of those teams but like don't be surprised to see like a, ten a team like the tennessee titans dom drop and maybe even picking top five next year just because of the lack of direction they're heading in and with the question marks surrounding the quarterback situation there yeah uh, okay i'll give you a few of those but <laughs> at the end of the day i honestly think that cleveland probably will be in the bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. dead last almost in the nfl i have green bay maybe in there as well and I'm thinking potentially Tampa Bay, depending on their quarterback position next year. And the Rams, we all know that uh, Cooper Cup is the glue of that team. If he gets injured, I don't know what Stafford has left in the tank. But those are the teams that I see struggling next year. And I see Cleveland definitely struggling. And Deshaun Watson, buddy, you have to play lights out. I expect minimum 35 touchdowns, minimum 4,000 yards, and minimum 500 yards running you better have a lights out season or you will become the biggest joke signing in the nfl mark my words 
for the Cleveland Browns organization. Buddy, you have to help this guy. Draft right receiver, right receiver. Boom, boom, your first two picks. Ignite the offense in Cleveland. You need to ignite it. As much as you see the Nick Chubb show here and there, and he might be this great running back, you're going to have to change that identity. Deshaun Watson could run by himself. He doesn't even need Nick Chubb. It needs to be the Deshaun Watson show for crying out loud. You paid him a guaranteed contract. (laughs) If you finish dead last in the NFL next year, oh my God, fire everybody. Fire everybody in Cleveland. Get rid of the franchise. That's how bad this signing would be. It's it could be on the brink of that, and let's not forget they don't have a first or a second round pick this year in the draft. Oh so, my god, you just uh, added on that to me. I didn't I, even I, know. I had to. It's funny. I was googling. I was like, okay, wait. I was looking at mock drafts, and I was like, what the heck? Is, oh my gosh, it's true. The Cleveland Browns don't have a first or a second round draft pick, so it may very well have to be. How did I not even know? That is mind boggling. You're breaking something that I didn't even know. <laughs> Shame on me. Shame on no. me. Yo, what is up with that? No one, no two next year. That is unbelievable. You are done, Cleveland. Good luck. Donovan Petrickle Jones, Amari Cooper are your ride receivers. You might find a gem at number three, but they will not draft the right receiver. What you're seeing is what you're going to get. I think you so. Stick a fork in them. I'm guaranteeing you, Cleveland. You Cleveland fans out there, I'm sorry. You're going to finish in the bottom five of the barrel in the NFL. And Deshaun Watson will become the biggest joke signing next year. I can't believe he just broke that. Cleveland not having a first and a second. Ah, I'm I'm speechless. Well, don't be too I was I, I, I looked at mock draft and I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I couldn't, couldn't find Cleveland. And I said, wait a minute. Maybe these guys don't. And it's, it's a first and a second, which really puts them in trouble there. So I think you said it best, Dominic. What you see is what you get with this Cleveland Browns team. Now, you asked me a team I could see finishing bottom five come the end of next season, the year coming up, and drafting the 2024 draft top five pick. How about those hours in the Cardinals? Right now they pick at number three, and people aren't sure what they're going to do there. you got to assume one and two is going to be quarterback there with Carolina and with Houston. It seems that the Arizona Cardinals have fielded a lot of calls from several teams about trading up for that number three overall pick because you got to figure that the Cardinals will not take a quarterback. Look, we've seen crazier things happen. Carla Murray should be safe there for the time coming in the next few seasons. So I don't think they're thinking quarterback. Maybe they trade back and a team that's looking to trade up. Maybe those Tennessee Titans, maybe those Indianapolis Colts to secure their spot at getting a quarterback. I think this team is puzzling, or I should say Puzzling slash fascinating slash, uh, you know, maybe where the draft actually starts this year, because I don't think a lot of people know what Arizona Cardinals are going to do here at three. And also with the potential of trading back, forget if they decide to stay and who they're going to take at number three. I think there's a good chance that this team ultimately ends up trading back because they're not going to go after that quarterback. What the heck are these guys going to do about DeAndre Hopkins? There's, we talk about question marks surrounding a lot of these NFL teams. There may not be more question marks surrounding uh, an NFL team more than the Arizona Cardinals. Kingsbury's gone. Peace. See Chow. He's not there anymore. What does Arizona do? Do they stay at number three? Do they trade back? If they stay at number three, do they dare take a quarterback? I'd be shocked if they do. Do they try and get Kyler Murray some help? This Cardinals team is fascinating here at three to decide what they're going to do here. And I think that a lot of teams are going to continue calling them up and say, hey, guys, we want a quarterback. Let us trade with you at number three. We'll give you maybe another second round pick. We'll, we'll give you a player. We'll make it worth your while. But I think that uh, this draft can very well start where this Arizona Cardinals team picks or doesn't pick at number three.
Oh yeah, you nailed it. It's absolutely true. I think Arizona's trying to get out of that spot as well. They're clearly tied financially to Kyle Murray's contract. And one guy they absolutely cannot get rid of, and there's a lot of rumors that he's gone, is DeAndre Hopkins. And we talk about Cleveland. Hey, you know, if maybe a deal could be made to bring DeAndre back with Deshaun Watson. I mm. think that would be a really huge boost for the Browns. I think DeAndre Hopkins, wherever he ends up, is going to be a beast. He just is a, on a different level amongst the wide receiver position i really do think this guy's a superstar it'd be a shame if if arizona loses him but yeah there are rumblings that he might be gone we've talked about it in previous shows what can arizona do if they stick at that position or they just move back just a little bit is draft the running back as much as i love james connor you know i think if you get a guy like robinson there i think that the arizona will be just a-okay they need to do something on offense to take away pressure from Kyle Murray. Losing Hopkins won't help him whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I expect them to address the offensive uh, kind of like areas, whether it be right receiver, tight end. I mean, they got Zach Ertz and they drafted last year, Trey McBride. So I don't see them going there. So it has to be running back, right? You got to get the best running back in there. As much as I like James Conner, give me someone else to take away pressure from Kyle Murray. But yeah, that would be a team that could finish dead last if a guy like Hopkins left. And if they didn't, if they didn't dress, they didn't, well, they will address if Hopkins were to leave, let's be honest, they would obviously draft a wide receiver, but would that be good enough? Probably not. Callum Murray is another quarterback that is puzzling. One of those guys where his, uh, he was out of high school, you know, hadn't, hadn't lost a football game. He was just this guy who hadn't tasted defeat and he finally tasted defeat in the past few years. And it seemed to have kind of like bothered him a lot people said that he's got a kind of like a high school mentality he's not really serious sometimes in terms of his dedication to the game uh maybe that's the growing spurts we're all individuals sometimes it takes longer for some people to wake up than others uh to realize uh the responsibilities you have and at at the qb position there's no bigger responsibility for a football team than that so i think kyle murray will be fine i think that this guy is a special guy because he's very accurate. If he wasn't accurate, I'd be like, goodbye. See you later. But he's an accurate quarterback. He just needs to find a way to use his, his kind of like smaller stature and to kind of become like a Russell Wilson. That's as best as I think I'll see Callum Murray ever as a QB. I don't think he'll ever surpass Russell Wilson's abilities. And hey, that's still a good measuring stick. The guy won a Super Bowl, so there is potential. It's just finding the right scheme. Uh, and they clearly didn't have it. Uh, with their previous coach in Kingsbury. They're bringing in Jonathan Gannon. So he's going to have a lot of pressure. But yeah, Arizona is another team that could struggle. And maybe there's something that could happen for them at the draft. They better nail it. Well, what would you do? Who would you pick if you were picking at number three? Who would you pick if you were the Arizona Cardinals? I'd make sure, first of all, to definitely keep D-Hop no matter what. I think if I'm at three, I think, honestly, I would potentially trade down, try and get more uh, for value. I think if one of these teams are trading up, it's going to be a team that's not super far out of that top 10. So you should still be able to get either that wide receiver or that running back that you're that you're so so craving for this offense that they do really need. But priority number one. Keep DeAndre Hopkins. No way he should be in another uniform next year if the guys in the Cardinals want to be competitive. 
So we talked a little bit about those Cardinals. We talked a little bit about the draft and, and you know what potentially they need to do. I just to kind of finish off that thought, I really think keeping D Hop is a priority there. And you know, you've got to think they still have Hollywood Brown, and they, I don't think they fully reached his potential last season. And uh, you know, getting him was was seemed like a big deal at the time. And uh, you know, him with uh, with um, Kyler Murray can be dangerous. Do you think that right now Hollywood Brown, Dom, is kind of just that wide receiver two, a guy that can make a big splash play here and there? Or do you think he can consistently make plays for this Cardinals team? I think he could be the guy. I think he could be absolutely a Steve Smith kind of ride receiver yes. in the slot for Arizona. However, in order to be that guy, you need to have two towers, one to the left and one to the right of you. And I don't think they have that. Two right. towers being like two huge rider receivers to take off the top with speed. They brought in Zach Poscad from Philadelphia, who used to be uh, with the Colts. I like him, but it's not enough. You, you need a guy definitely in the draft, maybe a rider receiver, not to scare away Hollywood Brown because he wants to be the guy, right? He left Baltimore because he was not happy not getting enough balls in Baltimore. So yeah. as long as he doesn't disrupt uh, that production. And I think Kyle Murray does want to make Hollywood Brown his number one. But we all know that if a smaller receiver like that, if you're going to give him some space, you just got to get two blazing wide receivers that are tall, that they're maybe going to uh, grab double coverage and um, take away the top. And that currently is not going to be Zach Pascal. Now, there's another guy that I personally think is going to be probably the first wide receiver off the board. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, but it's Quinton Johnston from TSU. You know, TSU came out of nowhere last year in college football, and uh, they made it all the way to the Final Four. Actually, no, they made it to the final game. What am I saying? And they didn't win. They got destroyed. Massacred. (laughs) Yeah, destroyed. It was a fairy tale story. Hit a wall. Not only did it hit a wall, they, they went through the wall. And it was just a disaster. But Quinton Johnson did show a lot of people that he reminded me a lot of Randy Moss. I know that's a huge, bold statement to say. No one's ever going to be Randy Moss. But this guy, Quinton Johnson, is a guy that is a leaping ability, just like red zone wise. Oh, you know, you could just take this guy, you know, not super high, maybe trade down and uh, contract wise, try to get yourself something decent. And uh, that's the guy I would take if I was uh, Arizona. I would go get Quinton Johnson, one of the towers to be beside, probably at this point, Zach Pascal. But uh, that's who I would take. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that it fits them very well. And, you know, you talk about, we talk about fit a lot in the NFL. Who, who's the best wide receiver in this draft? I think you can make a case for a lot of guys. I think for me, I'll give the slight edge to Jackson Smith, Smith and Jingba out of Ohio State. I really like but what I saw. They don't need Jackson Smith. Get sorry to cut you off. Like they need a guy that Jackson said is a possession receiver. Yes. And I just said that in my mind, if you have a guy that is just disgruntled already, he wants to be the guy. I right. mean, yes, D Hop's there currently, but this is under. We're talking about this if D Hop would be leaving. So then, obviously, there would be a lot more receptions be given to Hollywood Brown. Right. I think he would be a okay. But to get full value with for Jackson, Jackson is a freaking possession receiver he's just like hollywood brown if not even better so i don't know man that guy he's just too much of a route runner specialist to Mm. to to fit in arizona but what do i know i think that uh a guy like quinton johnson is a play action receiver and i just think that that's the right mold what are your justifications to to draft jackson what do you see in jackson smith enigma that could be so good for arizona 
That's a good point. I think that if if I was Arizona, it's weird because I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you here in the sense that I actually do think for Arizona the best fit maybe Quentin Johnson out of the top receivers because of his leaping ability, because of his jump ball, and because if we're talking about here to replace a guy like D Hop, I could see him being the most D Hop like just where he has an incredible catch radius and he's able to leap the ball and make these incredible catches. Now, if I'm talking about Number one overall wide receivers for me, it's Smith and Jigba just because I feel like he's the most well-rounded receiver in this draft. He's a good route runner. He's got speed. And I just think when, when I see him, I feel like he's NFL ready. He's got the, he's got the maturity. I think he's got the leadership. And you look at his overall game, it's really hard to find a knock on it. Just the way he, he, he runs routes like we talked about. His hands are gold and he also has a pretty big catch radius. And once he gets the ball in his hands, you know, he's really tough to catch. So I think for this Cardinals team, it could be Johnson as the best fit for them. But if I'm taking, if I'm doing my, my wide receiver leaderboard and I'm doing one to three, for me, it's in Jigbo one. It's Hyde at number two at Tennessee because I just love his length. And for me, it's three Johnson. Not a knock on him because I really do like the wide receiver one and two, but I got to give this the slight edge here to Jigbo. And to answer your question, I just think his, his game is so well-rounded, Dom. And I just feel like he's a guy that could have success in any NFL situation, no matter what team he's plugged on. I think he's the most NFL ready of the wide receivers. Yeah, I, I feel you. I just think that for the right fit, it's a gamble. You'd be rolling the yeah. dice on that one. But uh, I mean, hey, he'd be a good wide receiver to be on any football team for that matter. It's just a matter of uh, to see if the fit is right with regards to the scheme that Arizona will be running. It'll be very, very interesting to see Arizona either excel next year or regress and a lot of people have them regressing especially if d hop's not there who do you think i'm going to put you on the spot who do you think yeah. right now is going to be winning that division in the nfc west uh right now i'm maybe tilting towards seattle i want to hear your thoughts who do you think uh, is going to win right now the nfc west if you had to pick someone before the draft Honestly, I'm going with San Fran. I, I just think that this team finds ways to win football games, whether it's pretty, whether it's my grandmother at the quarterback position, and they're <laughs> going to have Brock Purdy in. There's something about this 49ers team where they just find ways to win. And I think for a long time, I was trying to figure out you know, how is this team winning football games? You know, how are they doing this? And maybe they're just a very good football team. And it's actually that simple. So, Dom, until the curse is broken, until they, you know, they lose their core guys on offense that they have in Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk, uh, this team for me is the team to beat in the NFC West. So I'm going to go San Fran. Yeah, I think that they're obviously a very good pick. They got so much extra draft capital for having developed so much great personnel up in San Francisco, that draft capital is going to pay dividend. They already have a huge defensive line. We all know that guys like Nick Bosa is a beast. They brought in Javon Hargrave. Uh, I actually like this guy named Cleveland Farrell that used to play for Vegas. Yeah. I was very high on him, and he just didn't fit uh, Vegas. And he's ending up in an already stacked defense. That, to me, was a great pickup for San Francisco. So defensively, I have no problem. But offensively, man, I know Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's a good coach, quote-unquote. And he basically has been doing it with absolutely almost nobody at the QB position. Nobody really significant. Now he's got to figure out who's his starting QB next year. You got a guy like Brock Purdy. You had a Cinderella run. You got a guy like Trey Lance where... 
man, what kind of system is San Francisco going to run on offense? These are two polar opposites QB. I mean, are you not agreeing with me that Trey Lance is completely different than Brock Purdy? And if you were oh, yeah. to, to, to do a, an offensive game plan, if you wanted to have it, its full potential, your backup QB usually has to mirror your starting QB. And who's going to be starting? Who's going to be backup? That's the million-dollar question. Some people think it's going to be Brock Purdy. I just have a lot of problems thinking that the San Francisco 49ers invested that much draft capital to have Trey Lance starting as a backup QB. Hence why Green Bay is getting rid of of Rodgers. They did the same thing. You know, we we invested so much draft capital in Jordan Love. We're not going to let that draft capital go away in terms of value, in terms of decisions. These are the decisions that they made. So what is San Francisco thinking? Are they going to go with Trey Lance or are they actually going to go with, hey, we drafted a seventh rounder last year, which we think is going to be our franchise quarterback. I just have a lot of problems seeing that being the mentality for the San Francisco 49ers moving forward. What are your thoughts on that? That could be the number one story really to follow this offseason and well, I get your point of view on Lance, and a lot of people say the same thing. I just think right now Brock Purdy has earned the right to to drive that car, to take the keys. He's he he showed a, a tremendous amount of poise. I guess is the first thing that comes to mind when I think about you know the way he kind of dealt with his football team. Now, were the playoffs too big for him? I don't necessarily think so. They kind of that that last poor playoff game um, where uh, where unfortunately he got injured, of course, and you know it was a mess. So you can't really say that. Okay, let's put him in the playoffs and see what he has to do. He did win a game. He got injured. So I mean, you know, if he was in the football field, who knows what would have happened? You, I think the Eagles still would have won that game, but things would have shaped up a lot differently. I get it. Look, I understand that they traded the house and the farm and the backyard and everything to get a guy like Trey Lance. But if you're talking about this upcoming season, that's a question I always ask myself, who gives me the best chance to win right now? And for me, I really do think it's Brock Purdy and I I just can't justify saying it's Trey Lance. And look, maybe Trey Lance is more of a project than I get later on in his career, later on in his career and later on in the San Francisco organizations, um, you know, I guess I could say tenure with him. They want him to be the face of the franchise. But I just don't, I can't find a way where you can justify not putting in Brock Purdy. I know he's coming off an injury and hopefully he's going to be ready come the start of the season. But if he's healthy and if he's able to take a snap, throw a dart and be able to scramble in the pocket, for me, Brock Purdy's the guy in San Francisco until he proves he can't be. I've seen the story with Tim Tebow. I've seen this story with uh, Vince Young. Guys having an opportunity uh, to go on a roll before the playoffs. This has happened before, and it ended up the following year to be like, oh, this is just a flash in the pan, a guy that got hot, and it's game over after that. Is Brock Purdy another one of those players? I mean, did anybody know about Brock Purdy other than like the San Francisco 49ers? Because drafting a QB in the seventh round usually are Mr. Nobodies. And I don't know. As much as I want to believe that Brock Purdy is going to do something special this year, it's it's, it's hard for me I, to find it's hard for me to find a justification to say that he is not going to be the same Brock Purdy that we saw. Yeah, but just just those guys that I just mentioned and Tim Tebow and Vince Young. These were high prolific quarterbacks, very athletic quarterbacks that both went on a run, both went on the playoffs, and 
I would have to put Brock Purdy in that category reluctantly because yeah. I saw what you saw, which was an amazing quarterback able to run this system. And that's all that counts. Are you able to run the system? Well, this system only runs that well if you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, yes, he only came in there, you know, kind of later in the season, but definitely helped take a lot of pressure off uh, Brock Purdy's shoulders, right? A guy like Trey Lance, to me, fits more of what the NFL is trying to do, which is kind of like have a very athletic QBs that can score a lot of touchdowns themselves, either through the air or on the ground. That's what the NFL wants. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan wants as well, right? He wants to have the that kind of like trump card of what do you think is going to happen next? Is it a pass or is it a run? I'm going to run all these gadgets with Debo Samuels. You just won't see it coming. And I'm going to lean on that defense. The clock's going to tick and uh, San Francisco is going to win more of those games. I think as reluctant as I might want to say this, because I don't like Trey Lance at all as a QB, I have to go with Trey Lance, which is sad because that means like, how do I view Brock Purdy? I view him <laughs> exactly how I described him as a flash in the pan and that he will not be as productive as he was last year if he were to start. And he would have so much more pressure with Trey Lance being healthy and being like, just make one more mistake, Brock Purdy, and you're out the door and I'm there. There's going to be more game tape on Brock Purdy as well in that division. He won't take as many people by surprise. And the NFL odd makers are going to make this guy favored now instead of being an underdog in some of those games. And I think that's going to bite San Francisco as well. The only thing San Francisco has going for themselves is a lot of draft capital, which is a blessing for any NFL team. And that's the reason why they're going to be competitive every single game this year is they're going to have a loaded defense that's going to be just hard to play against game in and game out. And all you got to do is stay competitive and stay in that football game, which actually might work in Brock Purdy's favor. We'll just have to wait and see. But yes, I do think that Brock Purdy is a, a decent quarterback. But unfortunately, I see the Cinderella story ending and it ended last year well it's a very valid point i think you know there's, there's potential for him to turn into a guy like a tim tebow and vince young like you're saying i just think for me it's until he turns into that guy let him play because you're not you're not really sure what you have in him and i just think from what you've seen last year you see a lot of promise there and potentially potentially a young uh, bright shining start in brock purdy that's what's cool about the nfl this this offseason a lot of question marks we're talking about the draft players switching teams left and right who's going to win certain QB battles. It's been a fun offseason, and I think it's only going to get even more fun. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. That's it for the show this week. The draft is in two weeks. We'll be here next week, same place, same time. Thank you for tuning in. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m., Montreal. Bye.